Kamenetsky Brothers, 710 ESPN. Uh, we'll take some more of your calls over the course of the next hour, 877-710-ESPN. George Sedano and Michael Thompson following us at noon, and of course Mason and Ireland at 3. I, I, uh, before we get to this LeBron question, because I do think it's, it's important and, and it's, it's a, a fascinating one. We, we were, had a lot of traffic, uh, yesterday on Twitter, Andy, at Cam Brothers, because somebody Kind of tweeted. So uh, Trayvon us. Edwards, who uh, is part of the athletic, oh right, uh, thank you, with Count the Dings and other podcasts, tweeted out that that viral ad of Kobe jumping over the Aston Martin. Yeah, for uh, the for I don't remember which shoes it was. Neither one of us is a sneaker well, guy, but it was uh, it might have been Hyperdunks. I don't. It might, it might have been the Nike Hyper. Those are a thing, right? They are a thing. I and know. Were they Kobe shoes? Anybody yes. back there? George is like, I don't know. Um, anyway, we'll just. They were I'm pretty shoes. sure they were the Hyperdunks. They were Kobe shoes, and so. You know, this was, you gotta go back and let's say it's him and Roni Turioff. So it kind of gives you an idea of where this era was and all that. And they're up on, uh, on the, the top of the, the, the building garage and Kobe's like, I can, we're gonna do this. So trust me, I can do this. And he you know, gets in the stance or whatever and he jumps over, air quotes, an Aston Martin. <laughs> that is going either. fast. It's going really fast. And, you know, with the benefit of, Today's technology, you know, we're in the era of deep fakes and all these other things. This is not a deep fake. <laughs> no, this is like, a shallow It's pretty fake. obvious that it, that is not a real Aston Martin. And but but at the time, it was very much like you know cinematically when you remember like the first moving picture when it was the train just driving to the camera and everybody got up and ran out of the theater because yeah. they all thought they were going to die. Yeah. It was a little like that when people thought, "Oh my God, Kobe Bryant just risked his career." To jump over an Aston Martin and sell shoes. And we had to, at the time, you and I were running the Lakers blog for the LA Times. This is a decade and, ago. Right, this is yeah, a decade ago, and more than that, and as you said, and we also interacted a lot with our readers. Our, our comment section was <laughs> quite lively. It was, it was <laughs> the times, wild, wild west. <laughs> times disturbingly lively, but it was lively. I can't tell you how many readers, over how many days, we had to reassure, no, guys, Trust us on this. It didn't happen. It did the, not do that. Like, well, you know, I mean, maybe Kobe just said, like, you know, he's got something carved out in his contract with the Lakers that, you know, he can do something. Like, guys, Nike would Rob not Pal- have one of their own Rob, athletes. Rob Palenka isn't that specific. Right, but like, like, he can ju- Kobe can jump over. Yeah, but Co- Co- you don't understand, man. Kobe's going to put these type of clauses in his contract. Like, you know, he can do whatever. Or, <laughs> you know, there's something like Nike said. He could, like, guys, Nike is not going to let him jump an Aston Martin. Like, trust us. Wait. We we confirmed it with Roni. <laughs> like, we, real. Like, this is not, not a real car. Real people were losing their minds, but the reason that they could lose their minds is if anybody would have actually jumped an Aston Martin in a commercial to promote his shoes, it would have been Kobe. Right. Just like, but the, the, if anyone would have done it, nobody else was capable of jumping over an Aston Martin. Right. But like what I, what I think was great. Everybody about else it, though, would have been too afraid, Brian. Because nobody, <laughs> why would you do that? Yes. Um, Including, by the way, Kobe would have been right, too. Like afraid. you can tell, like when you look at it too, like Kobe had a really, particularly early in his career, and as as, as time went on, I think we got to see more of it. Kobe had a very underrated sense of humor. Oh, yeah. he was a really funny and biting, yes, you know, guy. And you can see, you know, the way he, you know, kind of gets down, he rubs his hands together, gets a like, all right, I've been practicing this. Here we go. It's it's go time, and he gets down to the stance and he jumps up real high and he brings the knees up and and what's great about it though beyond the fact that it was just a brilliant and fun spot 
was like we look at it again now it's like viral videos now are common like it's, it's all people want to do is make something goes viral this that whatever that was not common back then and so it was another example of kobe being ahead of the curve and understanding and thinking about okay what's cool what's next what's a, what's an interesting way for me to to entertain people to tell stories and sell you know sell shoes whatever it might be and he was he was ahead of it on this one. Well, it was also cool. too. I mean, it was resourceful uh, on Kobe's part because he was still at a place in his career where he had not quite revamped his image. You know, I mean, obviously he was back with Nike. You know, he had other sponsors, but Kobe wasn't the same brand that he had been b- before Colorado, and he wasn't quite back to where you know the the peak that he rediscovered again. So you could, I would imagine. That he was thinking of, you know, ways around that and, and and ways to, you know, work in in a different space at times and, and look to just explore different opportunities and get out uh, ahead of what everybody else is doing. And he just he was creative that way. He it, you it's not surprising that his post NBA career went where he did because he spent his entire NBA career being just creative yeah so we'll, we'll tweet that back out because it's it, it really i'm gonna retweet it yeah, right we'll now we'll do it again it, uh, at, at cam, cam brothers, brothers. That was, it was really just a great spot um and one of those things that kind of you remember about kobe that you know there's so many things andy over the course of 20 years oh yeah there's that oh god you remember like and th- this was one of those deals i hadn't thought about that commercial in a long time manny in la you're on with the kamenetsky brothers hey guys how you doing um just i do remember that commercial um we were all shocked when we saw it. We we just assumed that Kobe was just, like, taking his, like, off-the-court stuff to another level. And, you know, I assumed that it had to be fake because there was no way they let that car fly by him. But I do want to say um, that Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, I, I will miss I'm going to miss him dearly. And, you know, let's not forget the, the other passengers on that helicopter mm-hmm. because those people have families as well. And um I can't wait to see what, you know, what comes about everything, all the gatherings and everything about Kobe. Um, he just embodied LA and, you know, I, I've been crying all week guys. I'm sure, you know, or the last few days I've just been tearing up and, um, I'm sure we're all there too. So, you know, LA has to just come together now and just kind of, you know, as a group and we're all family and we're all here for Kobe. And, you know, my prayers go out to everyone that's affected and Vanessa, you know, you're in my thoughts and prayers and, um, thank you for taking my call, guys. I well, thank it. thank you, Manny, for that call. Raj, when what which hour was it this morning? You guys had the the guy from Orange Orange uh, Coast College to talk about John Altabelli. Like that was a great segment. Jason this morning. Kaler, yeah, we had him in the last hour. Uh, 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 Kaler, he's the athletic director of the college, and they have a game today, mm-hmm. um, of course. And uh, he was out on the field, and he was just letting the coaches just focus on first pitch. But he said the players, everyone really wanted to play in honor of a uh, coach. And, and so that's that's something that people you know can go back and listen to at the podcast. I mean, I've seen a, I've seen some nice features certainly about you know in in the sports world about um, about. Coach Altabelli and and his family and it is important to remember you know the 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 lives lost that are not of famous people are are equally important and equally impactful um, you know and so Manny an, an important reminder of that yeah I mean the, to be honest because it's something I've thought about in terms of the shows that we do and talking about the entirety of this those other lives are difficult to talk about in very large part for me. Because I don't know exactly how they'd want to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know a lot about them as people, and I don't know how comfortable that they would be being talked about. Like we know 
how comfortable Kobe was living his life publicly and having his life discussed. And at the very least, he and Vanessa Bryant seemed very comfortable with Gianna's life becoming increasingly public and us learning more about her desire to be that type of basketball player with Kobe. And, you know, his... His children were relatively in front of the camera. Right, so, I mean, it's, it's, Gianna most most so. I mean, the, sure. other, the other two are. But three and, and, and again, and I, it's it's. But it's it's in it, and it, it, it was always in this context of how proud yes. he was to be a, absolutely. A, 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 I'm not dad. saying they were you know, celebrity no, not, children. Not, no, that's not, I'm just saying like the in that kind of like his pride in her yes. and like you know because like you say like that's. His, you know, when you're a parent, you look at your your spouse, whatever, and you say, okay, especially when they're doing the wrong thing. Okay, that is your child. Mm-hmm. Like that one clearly belonged to yeah. Kobe, and, know, Gianna. But did. just the unfortunately, the the other lives that were lost. I just I don't know enough about them, and in particular, just the way that they would want to be discussed, their comfort with being discussed. Mm-hmm. But it is important to remember them. Uh, okay, so the the Lakers were scheduled to play the the Clippers tonight at Staples Center. I think most people know by now. Uh, that that game has been postponed. The Lakers will play on Friday at Staples against the Trailblazers. Uh, LeBron James released a very heartfelt Instagram post last night uh, that talks about Kobe, talks about his influence. Um, We'll bring you some of that next. Uh, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, 710 ESPN. Camillo and and, and, and the Heights, you were on with Kamenetsky Brothers. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Um, actually, Brian, I met you on Saturday on the shuttle. Uh, oh, yeah, awesome. Thanks for calling, man. Yes, sir. So, you know, as a father, as soon as I heard the news that about Kobe, my first thought was, man, I hope his daughters weren't with him, you know, and unfortunately, and so my just, this is not extra layer for me as a father, you know, I'm sure you guys all can, uh, kind of identify with it's just it's just so so heartbreaking but one of the things for me um as a young marine um back in the late 90s or 2000s i kind of came of age with kobe at the same time and whenever we travel um all over the world um we would have sports on always and we get to rep where we're from and you know and every unit has guys from la guys from dallas guys from chicago guys from new york and so Miami, all the, all the big cities. And so you, you get to, you know, um, represent where you're from. And Kobe has always made that like such a proud thing to do, you know, and specifically in the warrior culture, um, just his, he wanted it, you know, as fans, we want our players to want it as much as we do, but it's easy for us to want it sitting on the couch. You know, we don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to actually see him and just, there was just like a belief always that you knew he was going to come through. Even if he didn't, you knew he was going to come through. There was just a belief. And, and it's not, it, it's, it wasn't fabricated. It was something that we kind of all had. And it's just devastating to hear this news. Uh, I'm such a, a big sports fan myself, uh, but just as an empathetic person in general. And I didn't realize how much he had affected me until I heard the news, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I never realized how how much fully um, a part of my life that Kobe was and the Lakers are, and yeah, it's just it's just so heartbreaking. And you know, here just always be in my prayers, Vanessa and the kids. My heart just goes out to them and to all of LA. 
uh, I love you, L.A., and, uh, you know, let's keep that mama mentality, you know, pick up our head and just keep on moving because that's what we got to do. And I appreciate you guys taking the call. And, and thank you for calling. And I, I, I met this guy on Saturday, and I think, you know, not to get, you know, I, I don't know if it's a stretch or whatever it is, but, like, you know, what were we doing? We were both out at Big Bear doing stuff with our kids, you know, and I think that's – it's fitting. You know, I mean, the the, the one of the things that I think you people can take solace in this, and, like, when you think about just the, the tragedy of what this is, is that Kobe's – final act was was one of parenting like they were in this helicopter because of his dedication to parenting and being able to participate in your kid's life now most of us obviously can't afford to take a helicopter to get from point a to point b and make sure we're there for carpool but we saw camilo and i was you know i met him he he said hi to me on saturday and we were out there drove up to big bear and had a, a day in the snow with you know him with his daughter me with my oldest son and and like that's what that's that's another way to honor, I think, the memory of, of, of Kobe and his family and these other families that were uh, that were involved in this tragedy. Yeah, I mean, you just you saw uh, you saw over the second part of Kobe's career, but especially after Kobe retired, just how important that was to him. And you know, I all the time that we had spent around Kobe and covering him, you had always heard, and you know, you and I would see times him interacting with his daughters. That he was a hands-on, dedicated, very proud dad, but he really found the ability to take it up to the next level upon retirement, just because you have more time. Yep, and you you have more control over your own schedule. Like as busy as Kobe kept himself building this, you know, multimedia empire, he's still the one setting his own schedule at Kobe Inc. You know, like he's the guy in he charge. Has that he has right. that kind of pull, but you don't you don't get to do that in the NBA. Like, you know, you you end up by necessity spending a lot of time, not just away from your children, but out of the city that your children live in. Mm -hmm. And you get the ability to do more of that in, you know, in that post-retirement life. And Kobe was really taken advantage of. Yeah, I mentioned earlier that that moment that in in watching the 60-point game last night, uh, replayed on ESPN. Of course, we carried it here on uh, 710 ESPN as well, the the John Ireland call. That moment where, like, you see all the stuff, you know, and Kobe – looks at his family, gives him that little smile and a little wink, and it was both really heartwarming and, and gutting and all these things at the same time. L. Duncan, uh, who was one of the you know anchors at SportsCenter, had a, a shared something on air that is sort of along those lines, but I think is, is a great thing to hear and listen to because it does encapsulate the enthusiasm that Kobe had for being a parent, and specifically a parent of girls. It's likely that you're hearing many personal anecdotes about Kobe Bryant, so here's mine. I met Kobe one time backstage at an event for ESPN in New York, and I saw him and I thought, oh my gosh, that's Kobe. I got to get a picture for the gram. Hmm. That's the picture. I didn't get it for a few minutes because as I approached him, he immediately commented on my rather large eight-month pregnant belly. How are you? How close are you? What are you having? Mm -hmm. A girl, I said, and then he high-fived me. Girls are the best. I asked him for advice on raising girls, seeing as though he quite famously had three at the time. And he said, just be grateful that you've been given that gift because girls are amazing. His third daughter, Bianca, was about a year and a half old at the time. So I asked if he wanted more children. And he said that his wife, Vanessa, really wanted to try again for a boy, but was sort of jokingly concerned that it would be another girl. And I was like, four girls, are you joking? Like, what would you think? How would you feel? And without hesitation... 
He said, I would have five more girls if I could. I'm a girl dad. When it came to sports, he said that his oldest daughter was an accomplished volleyball player and that the youngest was a toddler, so TBD. But that middle one, he said, that middle one was a monster. She's a beast. She's better than I was at her age. She's got it. That middle one, of course, was Gigi. When I reflect on this tragedy and that half an hour that I spent with Kobe Bryant two years ago, I suppose that the only small source of comfort for me is knowing that he died doing what he loved the most, being a dad, being a girl dad. That was L. Duncan on uh, SportsCenter. And just, these types of expressions, Andy, I mean, they are. They're, they're gutting. But they're, it's just, it is a reminder of like just you know, the, those things that made him special, that made his family special, that makes these other families special, that make those of us you know, who try as, the, as hard as we can to be the best parents that we can be. And, it, you know, I, I you put that, a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah. I mean, like when, when you think about the significance of how good a parent you are to your children, and, you know, the ramifications that can come from not being a good enough parent, even in the, you know, even in earnest, even if you are trying your best to be a good parent and for whatever reason, what you're doing isn't registering with your children, just like the ramifications that come from that and the pressure that you can feel as a parent to just give your children the best world possible, the best perspective possible, best support, love you know, it's it's something that doesn't go away. It's something you don't ever stop thinking about as a parent. And I think, you know, this this is, you know, among all of the things that, you know, people I think are taking from this is an appreciation of, of that kind of dedication to fatherhood. And, you know, that's that's obviously something that a lot of us can can be inspired by and learn from. Uh, 877-710-ESPN is the number. We're with you for another half hour or so. George Sedano and Michael Thompson coming up at noon. Mason in Ireland at 3. We'll take some more of your calls when we come back. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, 710 ESPN. So a lot of um, tributes in, in, in different ways have been talked about and uh, different things coming up about how players in the league and the Lakers and, and everyone are going to honor Kobe Bryant. We've seen Andy, the, you know, the, the 24 second violations and uh, yesterday in, in uh, Minneapolis, Andrew Wiggins didn't just do that. He took the, the, uh, the, the ball and put it on the free throw line, the same free throw line that Kobe shot at to pass Michael Jordan. Um, and, you know, the sim- the symbolism there, uh, Sham Sharania of The Athletic reporting that multiple NBA players have begun informally retiring Kobe Bryant's jersey numbers as a tribute. Uh, this includes uh, Nets guard Spencer Dinwiddie. He's changing his number from 8 to 26. So a lot of players are just taking it onto themselves to honor Kobe by a lot of these guys wearing Kobe's number because of Kobe, now retiring. Well, especially, too, you look at Spencer Dinwiddie. He's an L.A. kid. Mm-hmm. Went to Taft High, like, you know, like Jordan Farmar, and I just looked it up. He was born in 1993, which means essentially the time that Spencer Dinwiddie in Los Angeles was basically able to comprehend and understand basketball in front where of you, him. Right, where you even are able to form memories. Right, exactly. And, and you're able just to understand what's going on and contextualize and start picking favorite players, even the ones that you want to imitate as a five-year-old. That's Kobe's whole career. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can understand really, truly where somebody like Dinwiddie, that influence would come from Kobe. 
So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see players across the league and how they just sort of do these tributes themselves, you know, beyond the names, you know, things on the shoes and all these other things that we've seen. It. I was asked this morning, I did a, another show, you know, people calling us, I mean, if any, you know, people calling anybody um, that's connected to the Lakers and had time around Kobe. And it was asked that question, like, can you explain like what his impact is around the league? Like, how are people around the league taking it? And I, I really, it's, it's impossible to overestimate and overstate how important Kobe was, not just to the guys who played against him, but to people like Spencer Dinwiddie, who grew up watching him, pattern their games. Guys who may have met him once or twice or whatever it is, or maybe never at all, but just watched him play or wore the shoes. or Like, the impact around the league here is stunning. Well, it also, too, I mean, it speaks to LeBron and the Instagram post that he put out. And, you know, it's it's very long and I'm, people can find it. It's very heartfelt. But the part where he says that he has the responsibility now of the Laker franchise and to put that on his shoulders moving forward. I mean, the question of how the Lakers move forward as an organization post-Kobe has always been this looming question because Kobe's presence was so big while he was playing. It was so big during that period where he was playing, but not really. And then the period since he left, like the idea of, okay, how do the Lakers truly move forward? Because the, 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 the ethos of the organization had evolved into a reflection of Kobe and right. what he represented. But also, too, like in ways where it's actually fair to that next franchise phase. Like you and I used to talk about all the time how during Dwight Howard's first stint with the Lakers, he was a bad messenger for a legitimate message, which was the idea of taking the torch from Kobe. You know, because there was this idea from some people that Co- that Dwight, you know, needed to demand the torch that you know he would be the face of the organization. You know, even though he's playing alongside Kobe, and he just needed to establish himself as this alpha dog and not be afraid of the moments. Like, no, that's not how this works. Kobe's giving up that torch when he's ready to do it, which was the day he stopped playing. And it's always been this complicated thing. And now, in the case of LeBron, it becomes this massive either responsibility or even burden and and if you read that post like and and i i i don't have any doubt that he feels like he's up to it but the magnitude of it i don't envy him no i don't but i mean if you read that post and you you heard his comments on saturday after he he passed kobe on the all-time scoring list and then you know they had another conversation after um and it turned out you know obviously the the final conversation that they had you know they, they had this moment at least it's it you you know LeBron was profoundly influenced by Kobe, and I don't I don't know what the organization does. I'm glad that that the game has been postponed because people have to remember it's not just the players who have to go out and play. The organization has to stage the game, and there are people you know that grew up around Kobe. Kobe's a, a 20 year presence in in this organization, more than that now. And the organization is grieving. The organization puts on this game on, uh, you know, what was scheduled for tonight. And if, as a totality, they're not capable of doing it, it's not fair and it's not appropriate to to make people. But I will say, if if you have to find a person, if there has to be a player that has to step out and be in front of this and under and understands what it is to 
to have to carry that responsibility, there's nobody better than LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's just going to be really interesting to see, you know, what differences you perceive in how LeBron goes about leading this organization moving forward because he already had demonstrated this marked difference in his investment and in the way that you could tell he truly cared about the organization this year and he truly was invested in the idea of bringing the Lakers another championship in a way that you just didn't feel it last year and you know I'm sure LeBron has always known like there's this idea of you know you are in Kobe's shadow doing this as that next face because it's going to take just a hell of a lot just to feel like you're comfortable putting yourself in that same sentence as Kobe. But, you know, now with the context that LeBron's trying to do this in, it's it's an incredible challenge. And I, I, am, I completely believe LeBron that he understands the responsibility of it and feels it. And he's going to put as much of that on himself as he is capable of doing. It's That's just an overwhelming task. Um, more tributes rolling in uh, about Kobe, um, including one from Kevin Durant. We'll bring that to you next. Take some more of your calls. Uh, we're here until noon. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, 710 ESPN. You want to Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, 710 ESPN with you for uh, one more segment. Then uh, Sedano will be in with Michael Thompson and uh, Mason Ireland following that. I was staying local with you today. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow in the same 10 to 12 slot here, Andy. Um, the, the, you know, we, we mentioned before Spencer Dinwiddie is changing his number from 8 to 26 out of respect for Kobe Bryant. It's essentially, you know, Mark Cuban said nobody will wear 24 again for the Dallas Mavericks. Players now are sort of taking the onus themselves uh, as these, these tributes to Kobe continue rolling in. Kevin Durant spoke about Kobe Bryant as well. As a high schooler, you know, not knowing much outside of just playing basketball and then getting to the league and getting to know the person and the man and everything just uh, that comes with it. But Kobe Bryant was just a, just a joy to be around. You know, it was just you display every emotion that was around him. You know, as a competitor, you hated playing against him. You know, as a, somebody that admired him, you just loved being in his presence. It was just, just one of those things as a, as a young hooper, he meant the world to us. Um, and so that that's the sort of the sentiment you're getting. And like, you know, the last night and their players, you know, to kind of talk, Andy, about why the Lakers aren't playing tonight. Individual players have missed games because of this degree. Kyrie Irving didn't play in the first game. The Nets played. Uh, Chris Paul with the Thunder didn't play yesterday um, in, in their game. Imagine now not just the players and LeBron James and and the players who knew him and were influenced by him, but the entire organization. At some point, they're going to have to go out and play, and I think everybody understands that. But it doesn't have to be tonight. Yeah, we I know we talked about this yesterday with George Sedano and Mark Spears joined us, and ultimately the decision I thought should be made: ask the people involved. I mean, you, you can figure out a way to work around this. If the people that are most directly involved in having this game, which would have been the Laker players and the Lakers organization, if they feel that they are ready to do this, then you play. If they feel like they're not ready, then you understand the reasons why and you figure it out. Like it's it's mm-hmm. 
it's in a lot of ways a it's a complicated question for something like somebody like you or me to answer because we're not in the middle of this we can only speculate the way people feel you go to the people who are directly involved and ask them and then it becomes a really simple question i think the and nobody you don't want to think about these types of questions but eventually you know the games are played again and the, the league has canceled games twice or postponed games twice um the last time was in Boston after the marathon bombing when it was obviously, you know, you can't just walk right back out on the floor. And the other was Kennedy assassination. And so this is not a not a common event for the for the league to postpone games. But and you, and you don't want to think about it. But like this game that was supposed to be played tonight wasn't just a regular game in the sense of, you know, the Crosstown Rivals or whatever it might be. It was a, v- a monumentally significant game for how the rest of the season, and we're going to get to the rest of the season, is going to play out. And I give the Clippers a lot of credit for recognizing the larger sort of humanity of all this, because while there are, you know, we heard Doc Rivers openly weeping, I mean, and, and, you know, the, there are many people in that organization and many people who will be playing for the Clippers deeply impacted by Kobe's death. But not like it was for the Lakers and it would have been I think arguably a a significant disadvantage for the Lakers to have to go out and play this game. I guess you could say the Clippers could have, I don't know, refused to reschedule, tried to take it. But like everybody steps back and says, okay, we get it. Like it's competitive it's important. We all put a lot of time and energy, but like there are things that are bigger than sports. I saw somebody mention too, like a lot of people want to go back to that era where all the players hated each other and all they wanted to do was, you know, they never, never were friends. You were never friends with you. In moments like this, you understand the benefits of having this brother where these players are in it together in ways that are really profound and, and, and often quite beautiful. And I don't want to go back to an era where you like can't be a be a friend or a mentor to somebody who isn't on your team. Yeah. It seems dumb. I mean, look, Kobe was as, you know, psychopathically competitive as anybody from any era the NBA has ever seen. But Kobe would mentor. I mean, and and not just after he retired and not just his teammates. You know, he is somebody that showed you no mercy on the court. But Kobe was available to you. If you sought him out. If you sought him out and he thought you were serious about what you did, he was available. And that's somebody that, again, as competitive as anybody you're going to find. So so there can (laughs) be the least. Right. So there there can be some type of balance of humanity in there. Uh, James and Fullerton, you're on with the Kamenetsky brothers. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, I just wanted to say that what is really hurting me is the loss of his daughter that Mm -hmm. his daughter brought uh kobe back to us into basketball because it seemed like for like a year or so he stepped away we didn't see him and then he re-emerged um on tv talking about his daughter talking about um you know seeing him at the games and 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 we got to see him become what we wanted to see him which everybody was asking him are you going to coach are you going to be an analyst we got to see him be a father an analyst and a coach sitting on the sidelines and what hurts me is uh you know i'm a father uh kobe and i are like the same age and my daughter's like the same age as him as her and um is you know the fact that he loved her so much and he couldn't save her and none of those parents on that Mm -hmm. on that helicopter could save their kids and that for me is what is really hurting me 
Yeah, and, th- uh, and, and thank I'm sure you for thank everybody you, else out there, every parent. Yeah, thank you, James, for the call. And I know I, I had similar thoughts. Just what that is to to be in that situation, and it, it it's one of the one of the things that I, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to come here and Andy do this and and talk about these things because when you're talking about stuff and you're playing the clips and you're remembering stuff and you're talking to other people, like you you, you spend a little less time um, in some of those darker places and. They are dark, and there are three 13-year-old girls who died in that crash, and it's a horrible thing to have to think about. Uh, Richard and Azusa, you're on with the Kamenetsky brothers. Hello. Yeah, go ahead, Richard. Hey, how you doing? You know, first off, I want to start off with, um, you know, prayers and condolences to all the families involved. Um, my heart goes out to, you know, Vanessa and, you know, the other, you know, Kobe's other daughters. It's just it's heartbreaking you know i grew up with watching kobe and i'm actually a coach a youth coach and i have three boys that play sports one daughter and kobe was just so iconic he was just aside from sports and basketball just the you know he his mind the, you know his his goals that he had the things he was doing for the community the kids it was just you know he was just a role model for everyone and it's just you know, I was talking to my 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 kids, and they were just you know they 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 felt the hurt, and they didn't they grew up watching a little bit of Kobe, but you know I I, yeah. bought, I bought the book for them. You know I just kind of they grew up watching you know watching me talk about Kobe and listening to me, and it's just it's just so heartbreaking, and so, you know. And and, and Richard, I, thank thank you thank you for the call. I think that's and but that's something that I think Andy people can take with him. It's like you know this idea of Kobe and Richard talks about talking to his kids about him and showing him the clips and all that. Like that stuff, like is things that can go forward. Like you know when you think about how how people deal with this and how we celebrate his life and how we honor his life. Like remembering that ethic, that work ethic, and that devotion to family, devotion to excellence. All those things are things that his fans and people who cared about him can carry forward my daughter is eight years old and for all intents and purposes never really saw kobe play because at the time she was really even old enough to register a basketball game in front of her kobe was barely playing barely playing and those were not fun right but she ended up developing this awareness that kobe was important and this fascination with him and she would ask me questions about him and she considers kobe her favorite player even though she really never watched him play. She just gets why he should be your favorite. Um, So we will uh, continue to talk about and celebrate the life of Kobe Bryant here on 710 ESPN throughout the day, throughout tomorrow, certainly into uh, Friday when the Lakers next play against the Portland Trailblazers. Um, Andy and I will be back tomorrow from 10 to noon. George Sedano and Michael Thompson will be coming up following us at the top of the hour. And then, of course, Mason and Ireland at 3 o'clock. So all that coming up for you as we continue talking about Kobe here on 710 ESPN.